Hi guys, welcome back to our Manchester United podcast, Never Ignored. Um, the Premier League season's over now, so we're going to go over the final game, Leicester, uh, talk about our thoughts on how the season went, um, and that will be pretty much it for now. Um, so I'm joined as usual with by Aline. Hello everyone, we're back in the Champions League. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I guess that's the that's the main headline, right? We beat Leicester 2-0, um, that's the only game that happened since our previous podcast where we compl- complained about Chelsea too much I think <laughs> but uh, you know finished the season on a positive uh, so that's nice um, yeah so Champions League like you said third place decent finish in the end Ollie, what, do you, what do you think Oli Oli's did it Oli's done it even he, he's, he's achieved I think what was what would have been the target at the start of the season um, and I don't think anybody kind of saw it coming especially when we took that break from football uh, yeah I mean at that stage we were what eight points behind Leicester and I think about 16 goals behind them as well which uh, to now be what finished three points ahead and ahead on goal difference as well <laughs> that's quite a turnaround I know they've been poor but Still, it's a it's a it's a decent it's a decent run. It's it's an incredible achievement because we were level with Sheffield at the time, who had a game in hand, and we were kind of speaking about. Yeah, okay. we we were worried about them, right? We I remember we were thinking, oh, if City if City stay banned, fifth place might be Champions League spot. So we were worried about will we be able to get fifth? Yeah, a lot of our uh, conversations were, can we get that fifth place on the assumption that City uh, will be banned? Will be banned. Yeah. <laughs> Which which was um, a crazy kind of way to to get our qualification, but you know, by we need to do it by any means. But it's such a pleasant surprise to be in the position where we qualify yeah, it's for. Not it. to have considered it at all. Yeah, and uh, yeah. for only City and Liverpool to be ahead of us, who who let's be honest, you know that we would have assumed that would have happened anyway at the start of the season, uh, just because of the way they were playing and, and the squads and, and the condition of of those teams, um, yeah. to only finish below them, above uh, Tottenham, above Chelsea even above Arsenal, uh, dare I say, um, is, a, is a really big achievement. Well, I think a lot of teams finished above Arsenal. So we, we, we won't put them in our uh, <laughs> achievement just yet. Um, but yeah, generally, I mean, the only thing I'd say, I mean, if you put it into a bit of context with the points total, we got 66 points. We got 66 last year as well, and we finished sixth. Um, generally, most years, 66 would get you at best fifth. Um, so I think the general quality in the league this year has not been amazing. There, there, um, there but, was that phase again, where, like, where the kind of the top four was lava, where Chelsea and United kept kind of we'd have an opportunity to take the fourth spot and then we'd lose, and then Chelsea would yeah, lose. Yeah, so there's some like lose. crazy stat like uh, eight every eight times Chelsea lost, um, and while they were ahead of us, and eight on eight of those occasions, we failed to win after <laughs> after their defeat. Um, so I think yeah, it was only re- it's only recently that we've actually been able to capitalise on their slips, and obviously we mentioned Leicester, but yeah, we overtook Chelsea as well on goal difference in the end. Um, but yeah, when you when you look back to even well, even if we go back even further, this turn of the year when we were f- that defeat to Burnley, it was looking pretty grim at that point. A lot of the conversations yeah. there were is is Oli on his way out? Yeah, I mean it, it didn't look good. <laughs> He kind of saved himself with the wins that I think it was in December against Spurs and City. Yeah. Um, but then after that, it went back to being rubbish. Um, and they, we didn't see where the... And then Rashford got injured as well, right? So it looked like uh, it looked like things were getting even worse. 
I, um, I think over the course of the season, we were unlucky uh, at the top of the pitch with injury. So Martial started off a lot of the season injured. Then when we finally got him back firing, um, Rashford had that back problem. And Rashford was in really good form as well yeah. uh, prior to that injury. Um, so I think we were unlucky. So the break actually gave us a really great opportunity alongside with, the, with most of the teams in the league to get players back to fitness um, and have us firing. Uh, we had um, quite good options up top then when we had um, uh, Martial... Uh, Rashford and Igalo had come in. Um, and Greenwood. Greenwood's uh, found some form as well. Yeah, Greenwood. I think kind of that break really benefited him because, you know, he came back bulked up and he, he kind of had that pre-season during the yeah, season. Yeah, he was, he, was he was used to the league a bit more by that point as well. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think I think you're right. But I think the only thing I'd say about that is I think, guess we kind of knew at the start of the season that our squad was very thin. Um. So the you know and, and those injuries that you know if City had those kind of injuries it might not have affected them as much. For example, like Aguero has been out for ages now and they've they've had a really good record since the yeah since the lockdown. Obviously they're weaker in you know, maybe you know defense, but um, we're talking about the strike force. We knew at the start of the season that it, well we didn't know how much Greenwood was going to develop, but we knew that you know losing Lukaku, even Sanchez, I guess that we were going to be a bit short up top for a bit. Yeah, and 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 fair fair play to and credit to Oli because at the time he said that we won't be signing anyone because he's got faith in Rashford and Greenwood um, to to kind well, of Greenwood in particular it was uh, was a completely sort of like left field. Well, it was a bold move to Rashford's got Premier League experience, but at that point to um, to back Greenwood over Sanchez uh, is a bold bold move. But it's you know it's paid off. He scored seventeen goals this season. Incredible. Sanchez has scored like four four in total for United. Um, so yeah three three league goals and one in the cup so definitely Greenwood's had a better impact than he has he has and we saw um, and it's actually been on the position that we wanted Sanchez to play on the, that right wing sort of thing yeah <laughs> he's I, not actually been playing as a central central striker I think because he's got that um, two-footed capability he's played so well on that right wing yeah he can play anywhere on that front line I think because he, like you said he's so two-footed some of the strikes he's been hitting with his right foot, you're like, how is that? You, you start to think, how is that his weak foot? <laughs> um, but yeah, he's definitely been uh, along. I guess alongside Bruno, he's probably been the star of the um, the post lockdown period. I had an uh, interesting point to cover. So in the last few seasons, you know, this uh, Matt Busby uh, Player of the Year award, um, you know, it's gone kind of De Gea a couple of seasons, Herrera, Shaw. Herrera got it as well. This season, I was kind of trying to think to myself previously, um, who who would get it this season? And and it's nice that I'm actually asking myself who would get it rather who than... Who would get it? Because there's usually one, well, one standout. Or yeah. last year, basically, who wasn't the worst? Yeah, who wasn't the worst? <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Last year was literally who wasn't the worst. Whereas this year, I kind of thought, you know, there's a few candidates. There's Rashford, Bruno... Uh, Martial um, there, so there's a few candidates there and even Maguire's got a, a, some kind of stake because he has played every yep. single minute within the Premier League and, and the difference in the amount of goals we've conceded uh, this season compared to last season I think it's something like almost it's at least 20 less um, which is a really positive statistic. yeah I think it's like 56 to 36 or something like that yeah it's a really positive statistic and also credit to him as well because he's played every single minute in the league which isn't it's not easy which to is do. crazy yeah. yeah and we, we 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 there was a point where we thought he wasn't going to play for the rest of the season when he got that hip injury 
Yeah, but people seem to forget he got this hip injury and then he's just suddenly miraculously still carried on playing every single game. <laughs> yeah, there was breaking and news. And he's been that, playing the cup games as well. Of course, yeah, there was breaking news that, you know, he, he'll be out till the end of the season, which obviously at that time was the end of um, May, um, which was a ma- major concern. And then all of a sudden he was in the squad for the next game, which I think yeah, even I think his Europa form game. actually improved, improved since then as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, obviously he's had, he's had a, a few moments and I, I guess sometimes you can see that he does lack pace. But as a defender, in his defending ability, he's been pretty superb. I don't think he's any, made any kind of major mistakes. Other, I don't know if you count the own goal against Chelsea, he's unlucky. But um, yeah, he's he's been very, very solid and consistent. And I think that it's rubbing off on Lindelof as well. Uh, I think Lindelof's decision... Lindelof, making, uh, especially against Leicester, I think I thought that, that was his best game for a while. I think he's, he's probably man of the match for me against... Uh, Leicester. Yeah, he had an incredible game. When you consider he's playing against uh, the top scorer in the league, you know, there's yeah. many other defenders that have failed to defend against Jamie Vardy. Yeah, but yeah, he had a really good, really, really good game. Vardy was pretty quiet. I mean, he had that header that hit the bar, but that was like a half chance. Yeah, it was spe- yeah it's really... a speculative one. Um, yeah. But yeah, he, he had a very good game. And I was a bit concerned, actually, because Maguire picked up that yellow card very early. And I just thought, oh. <laughs> really early. <laughs> I thought no. Now, if you if you make a mistake, you're off, and and that just yeah. throws a huge spanner in the works. Um, but I'm glad and there was that moment. There was that moment where he looked like he was going to pull back, pull back, pull the shirt. Away yeah, he, yeah, he thought about it. You saw he thought about it. <laughs> Luckily, he's sensible enough. He remembered. Oh, I'm on a yellow. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. I think centre maybe... backs we've had in the past, like Rojo, etc. Probably, well, although Rojo's never been sent off for us, surprisingly. But you could you could see if it, you could see him sort of maybe not making that smart of a decision. So maybe it just got uh, that the adrenaline got to him because it was the uh, Harry Maguire derby. He did seem a bit more um, aggressive than usual. Um, and so one thing I've probably noticed in his game, I think you've mentioned it to me as well. Um, when he has the uh, forward or the attacker in front of him, oh, yeah. and he's goal side. This is the only thing that bugs me about his game, really. Yeah, he te- he tends to either he kind of goes for the the battering ram approach where he tries to either go through the player or yeah, or gets too tight and just holds on to them. Yeah, basically. he relies on his uh, physicalness too much rather than I think um, maybe his agility. Um, maybe that's probably the only thing that could improve in his game. But I think as a leader, credit to him, he's also captain this whole season. Uh, I think as a leader, he's probably showed up that that defence. There was that clip in the game, I think was against Southampton, where he gave Shaw uh, a verbal... Um, what's the word prompt um, that was picked up by the cameras <laughs> yeah. uh, and and it's you know obviously don't really want to see uh, players be spoken to like that but you know that's it's the world of football and and we need that kind of leader in a spe- specifically in the defensive line that's going to guide yeah. the players around him and, and orchestrate and and I'm glad we had that because prior to him joining uh, you know we had Lindelof and uh, Sm- Smalling last season and Bailly and Rojo. Um, there was you, we lacked that character, and you could see a lot of the time that there was that miscommunication. Um, so, so it's very, very positive point, and and uh, yeah, he, he's also a candidate there for for kind of player of the year. Bruno as well, but then part of me thinks he's only there for half the year. Does does it still is the yeah? But then his imp- his impact is like he's changed all- the season basically. Yeah, no, you're right. Good <laughs> um, point. But I think uh, for me, I think Rashford would probably just edge it. I guess because when. Uh, obviously, when Bruno came in, things changed. Everyone's everyone's improved since then. But when Rashford was playing well, he was basically carry, carrying the team. It felt. Yeah. Um, that's what that's what it felt like. And and also, I suppose it doesn't really come into it. But his his off the field stuff has been good as well. You know, like all the stuff he's done with um, the school meals, that kind of stuff. Yeah, certainly to um, see him using his influence. It shouldn't in really way. come into player of the year, but I don't know. He's done such a good job that you you kind of think maybe. Um, 
maybe that that, that does that does edge it for you because oh. I mean he's representing the club in a good way exactly and and uh, I'd assume if he doesn't get the uh, player of the year he'll probably get the uh, BBC pers- sports personality of the year yeah he has to right he, I mean I can't I can't imagine why any, why it would be anyone else yeah for 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 um, a player of his age to be concerned about those things is you know it's incredible and fair play to him Hats yeah off to him. I mean it kind of it bucks the tra- bucks the stereotype of a young young f- f- footballer who's on ridiculous amounts of money not caring about anything um he's the complete opposite you know he's fighting for something that he could have quite easily just ignored yeah um and then also the another candidate um anthony martial um 17 goals in the uh in the league i think that's his highest ever uh, goal scoring season in the league for us um you know he's had a really good post lockdown and even pre-lockdown um season yeah um, he's definitely he's definitely improved a lot i don't know if i'd put him in the player of the year category Something I saw a lot on uh, social media. I think it was the uh, who scored teams and um, BT, and I, I, I'm, this could potentially be because they were fan votes and Manchester United um, yeah. fans may have uh, may may have used a bit of bias in their vote for the striker of the season. But yeah, Marshall has come up in the, both of those teams uh, as the striker. Um, so potentially, I, he, he, he could he could have a shout. But but. Again, it's just good that we're even having this conversation because the last few seasons there has been a very clear uh, player who deserves that. And in an ideal world, you know, there should be a, a three, four, five man list of, of of contenders because then you know yeah. you've got a good squad rather than individuals. Yeah, um, and yeah, I guess yeah, if I don't know if they do a young player, but young players Greenwood easily. That's all day, all day. There's, <laughs> there's no contention. At one point, you could maybe argue Brandon Williams, but since since the lockdown, it's, it's just Greenwood's just he's just come on such leap and bounds to the point of where it's like uh, obviously we've been linked with Sancho and stuff. You start to wonder what 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 front four would you put out? What would be the best front four out of the um, out of uh, Rashford, Sancho, uh, Martial, and Greenwood? Obviously, that's a, that's a problem for a later date if we if we get Sancho, but <laughs> yeah. It's it's an interesting, you know. Whereas previously, you'd think he'd just slot straight in, and you it doesn't matter. You can, you could probably at one point you could argue for dropping all three of them, but but now it's like how how do you drop them? Yeah, at one point I w- I would have been happy with three Agolos, but um, but yeah, <laughs> no, it's a fantastic position to be in. So so talking about the game, um, you know, it was quite a tense game up until probably that seventieth minute where 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 the ref makes that decision, um. I think yeah, I think especially because Chelsea scored back to back very quickly. That kind of made it, that made it a lot worse. When when Wolves were in that game, you kind of thought Chelsea have not been playing particularly well anyway. Maybe Wolves will do us a favour. Um, but yeah, as soon as Chelsea got that double and they were two 0 up, that kind of adds it to all right, now it's literally a pure knockout game. Yeah, genuinely, that it was almost like a Champions League qualifying game. Uh, yep. I think. Marshall, he runs onto the ball, uh, gets completely sandwiched by Morgan and Evans. Uh, I th- yeah, I think you could you could have given two penalties for that. They, they, even even if they thought that Evans got a touch from the ball, Morgan fouled him before that anyway. Yeah, even before even before Evans got there. So yeah, exactly that. If I'm being generous, no you know, there's a, there's a slight maybe debate on Evans, but no debate on Morgan. So penalty regardless. Yeah, exactly, and Morgan Morgan's tackle was first. You can see it; he just completely takes him out as as Evans is sliding in. Yeah, I think um, the centre backs here have just panicked and thought, "Oh God, bring him down." Whereas it was really it was really good play. Was, uh, Bruno actually had a poor game by his standards, um, but Greenwood chased down the ball well. You know, got won the ball. And Bruno's first time pass, that's that's what you get from him, even if he's not having his best day. Uh, the pass was brilliant. And I think I've got, I've got, with Martial in his current form, I've got no doubts he would have scored if, uh, yeah, if the tackles weren't. 
weren't there. Um, and then, and then and Br- yeah. Bruno slots away the penalty as expected. You know, usual run up. It's you know, it works. No need to change it. Fantastic. Yeah, it's so, something crazy. Like he's not missed a penalty now since he played for like Fjorn, one of the Serie A teams like six years ago. Something silly, silly, silly like that. Um, which I didn't think he'd be able to keep up at United because we've got notori- like well, notoriously bad penalty takers. I agree, um, and this and this actually kind of brings me on to something I saw that was uh, quite in a lot of discussions online. Uh, Manchester United keep getting penalties. Uh, Bruno's a stat padder; he just keeps scoring penalties. But I think scoring a penalty. Look, look at the problems we had before Bruno came in. Exactly. Pogba and Rashford, they were they were missing pens, and and that was the difference between three points and one point or, or none. Um, so scoring penalties is you know. It's a very valid skill and a very valid tech, which we which we need exactly that, and um, and and it's delivered a lot of three points to us, and you know it's exactly what we need, and you know people have debated, and I've seen a kind of montage of all the pens that that we've won, and and pretty much all of them were penalties, um, you know naturally when you've got fast quick players and Manchester United yeah, generally and have getting, three and of getting those. in the box which they weren't which they weren't doing recent before yeah. that you're, you're going to get more penalties exactly you're forcing defenders into challenges and you, you're, you're naturally just going to win more penalties Um, so yeah. I'm really happy about that and again you know we can't downplay the crucialness of winning of scoring these penalties when you literally go to penalty shootouts to decide World Cup semi-finals um, you know it's a, it's a skill which is, is very valid and, and I'm glad you know penalty or 30 yard banger at the end of the day that goal still registers on on his record um, so he's still a very very good job from Bruno to to have yeah. uh, dispersed all of those pins so he's in, he's in his in his entire career he's missed two penalties very interesting um, the last one was October 20th 2018 for that was for that was for sporting um, and then pre- previously before that it was in 2016 <laughs> so, so it's been it's been a while still uh He's approaching two years without missing one. No, it's fantastic. It's a good record, um, and and it's good to see that he's composed and you know clearly doesn't let uh, pressure get to him, which which is fantastic. Then um the, the the next probably crucial moment in the match is Evans decides to just launch himself at McTominay. Um, yeah, I kind of felt by that by that point Leicester had spent they were spent they they did start they did start attacking us quite a lot after the goal, um but I kind of felt yeah when Evans got sent off they they they'd kind of they'd kind of you know exhausted all their opportunities yeah i think um, i think well, it was a bad the... challenge and he was on a yellow anyway so it was a, yeah even if, even if you even if you could argue it maybe it wasn't a straight red which i think i think straight red was fair but either he would have been sent off regardless yeah i think um, um they they'd made their attacking substitutions to that point so obviously their intent was scoring a goal i think probably yeah. you know the pressure of them needing at least maybe a draw to get something out of the game long term uh has got to him and he's just flown in you know red card all day um, Johnny Evans, ex-Manchester United, can't can't say I wasn't upset to see a Leicester player sent off because it benefits the team, um, benefits us going for a win. Jesse Lingard, uh, all credit to him because he, he he comes on and you know there's a lot of conversations about whether he'll be in the team next season because he hasn't had a particularly good season this year. Um, and fair play to him because he because he's come on and he's he's run he's completely made that goal for himself. Yeah, and, you know, he did it all on his own. Yeah, he's he's closed the man down. He's made them make a mistake. He's closed, you know, and and then he's put himself through on goal, and and it's still a good finish. I think it was on his left foot. Um, I was happy to see him score because, you know, that could potentially be the goal that keeps him at United. And I think as a squad player, um, he, you know, he offers something, and 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 he's given a lot of his life to the club. Um, he spent a lot of time there. He, he's done all the loans, rounds, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so so I think you know as a uh, 
as a as a squad player. I'd I'd rather he was coming off the bench probably than than Pereira. Than Pereira. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with, I'm with you on that. I just wonder if uh, I wonder I just wonder if he's already done. Um, like uh, you know, he he hired Raiola as his agent. I don't think he's got particularly that long left on his contract. He is on relatively high wage as well for a squad squad kind of player. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that goal maybe it might be a nice way to remember him by. Rather yeah, than yeah. Saves his career. It, it would. Um, it would be. I also think. I think for him, obviously, being at United means a lot to him. But he he is good enough to start for maybe like a lower table, lower table Premier League team. I agree. Um, so I at agree. This, at this stage, at this stage of his career, maybe maybe he wants to be playing more. Yeah, um, I I agree. I think he's he, you know in there lies a good footballer. We've seen it in a couple of seasons ago, you know, where, where you know, Messi Lingard doesn't score tap-ins. Um, yeah, so exactly. He's to saw some, some screamers and quite regularly as well. Yeah, so he's clearly got the ability there. And you're right, I think, you know, at probably a non-top top six club, um, he could he could be starting week in, week out. And he seems like the kind yeah. of player that benefits from starting week in, week out as well, um, rather than, you know, the odd 20, 30 minutes on the end of a, a game every other week. Um, so so whatever he decides to do, I'm sure I'm sure will be best for himself. Um, I'm just incredibly glad that at the end of that game we've qualified for the Champions League. I was quite pleasant, Lisa. I was ple- it was pleasant to see Solskjaer's interview after the game, which kind of was like, "Look, I'm not really entirely. I don't really entirely care about this game. I want to speak now about the next season and Champions League yeah. and, and that kind of stuff." Which is, I think, the correct attitude, and it's an attitude we've seen in Solskjaer throughout his career. Even if we've battered a team, he's never kind of stood there and gloated or smiled too much about it. He's kind of always thought, "Okay, what happens next? You know, how do we build on what we've just done, um, or how do we learn if we if we've taken a defeat?" So I'm really happy. That I think he's got a good attitude, um, and you can clearly see. He his attitude is more long term, whereas previously I think, well, particularly under Mourinho, you kind of always knew, even even if he had a crazy success at United, somehow won us a, a league or something, he was always going to move on. He he wasn't there to say, you know, I want to see this team succeeding for the next five years or whatever. Um, and I think Solskjaer, in line with his transfer strategy as well, which you know arguably might not be his, it could be further up in the club, but you know, just the attitude from the club in general, you can see that the strategy is going more towards long-term signing young players uh, kind of in the traditional United sense of what our transfer targets will be. Um, yep. So I'm excited. And you, mentioned, you mentioned Mourinho. Um, I don't know if you saw his celebrations of Spurs finishing. Seven. I did see that. And I thought that to was... myself that, oh, how the mighty have fallen was the thing that came to my mind because I thought... I just, I just found it bizarre. I know, I know he tried to convince us that finishing second was one of his greatest achievements um, at United, which I kind of believed him for a while. Um but seeing the way he, I mean, yeah, Spurs were 14th when he took over, so they've done well to get to sixth. But the way he was jumping up and down with his staff and yeah, I kind of thought to myself, it was really strange. I thought to myself, <laughs> this is a team that played the Champions League final the season before. Exactly this time. Well, this time last year they'd have been the Champions League final. Yeah, right? and they haven't lost any of, of those core players. Um, so it did make me question because um, I saw I did see him celebrating I saw him jumping up and down yeah. on the touchline more so than Oli was celebrating the qualification for the Champions League when his job yeah I think Oli handled it properly it's like, it's like, and it's like Maguire said as well that's minim, the minimum expectation exactly I think Oli handled yeah. it the way for, uh, Sir Alex used to uh, you never really saw him going crazy I think other than that bloody old clip from when we uh, Bruce scores the header against Sheffield <laughs> but you never really saw uh, Fergie going um, going you know Jumping up and down. That? And also, I was watching um, ITV was showing the Champions League Champions League final from '99 last night for some reason, which I enjoyed watching. Um, yeah. 
And yeah, that they they got they got the equalizer with those pretty wild celebrations at that point. Um, but yeah, I know what you mean. Generally, I mean, you'd never see him celebrating th- third or, or no, no, no. He never or, finished any. He never finished any lower than that. He um, would. He would have had a face like thunder, but true in yeah. excessively, um, which is good though. You know that that was the standard we were at. Um, but but yeah, I'm really excited now for the Champions League next season. Do we have to play a qualifier? Are we straight in? I can't remember if it's um, fourth place has to do that or third as well. I think they scrapped qualifiers for the Premier League. I think that the coefficient is high enough now where all four go straight in. Okay, yeah, that would make sense because there was no mention of a qualifier. So, so yeah. you know, good stuff, you know. I think, but I think if we win Europa, then we get seeded, seeded higher. Yes, that's what I saw. So, so I... we would we would be third seed at the moment because it's literally just your league position. Um, I think, I'm not 100% sure on these, but I think if you finish, so like Liverpool will be first seed, City would be second, we'd be third. Um, so we could still get some big teams um, like Barcelona would be a second seed for example because yeah. they came second um, so there's still some potential big teams we could get in the group so I think yeah winning the Europa League pushes us up on that list um, so it's still worth <laughs> it's still worth doing um, and obviously it's a trophy but yeah we just have to wait and see I guess do you, do you think that, um, and I know we're going to cover the Europa League in a future podcast uh, closer to the time, um, but do you think, what do you think the strategy should be for this Europa League uh, kind of mini tournament? Um, do, do, do we go all in for it or do we say to the, do we treat those players and say, you, you know what, Premier League resumes 12th of September, take a break, you're going to need some time well, off. Well, so actually the um, they've agreed that no, well, every single team gets a minimum 30 day break. So depending on how far we go in the Europa See. League, even though the Premier League starts on the 12th, we won't start till 30 days after our last game. Okay. And traditionally, um, I wonder, is there going to be pre-season this year? There might be maybe some behind-closed-doors friendlies that took, kind of took place over this lockdown period as well, uh, where we had those kind of two 60-minute yeah, games. Friendly, friendlies, friendlies will probably be out of the question, I reckon. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe just into squad, into squad stuff, probably. Because although we won't be starting till... 30 days after our last game, everyone else will be. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. Yeah, certainly. It will be interesting. It'll be interesting once the, the league resumes to see, um, you know, are, are we going to be sloppy or, or, or will all the teams in general be sloppy? Because I don't think anyone will have any sort of preseason. Um, it, it will be a very interesting one because you generally see that kind of first, first game week, second game week kind of unsharpness. And that is with a, that is with a preseason taking place. Um, so it will be very exciting, but I guess it will be a level playing field across the league, regardless. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I mean, yeah, Liverpool are going to have a longer rest because obviously they're out of the Champions League. Um, that, 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 so they're done already. Are, are you sure they're out of the Champions League? We've seen a lot of pictures of Virgil van Dijk proposing with the Champions League <laughs> and the Premier League. It's strange, strange, right? They're trying to act like they want it in the same, yeah, same season, which I believe there's only one club who's done that twice. Um, so I don't know why they're why they're acting like they did that. Um, I've seen a lot. Yeah, even Liverpool fans they've been putting it as their cover photo the Champions League and the Premier League together. It's like okay, yeah, a bit of a str- bit of a strange one because then <laughs> I, could, I don't know if we'd have grounds in the uh, 2000 seasons for for Fergie to pose with about five trophies. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say I just just put everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
but I guess um, even uh, even like around 2007 2008 you could put a good four or five trophies together and um, I'm pretty sure we could have technically assembled a treble did, did we in an FA Cup or a League Cup around it um, Community I'll, Shield yeah. that's, well, that's, a, that's a trophy according to Mourinho right it's a... <laughs> Chevrolet Cup um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, interesting one. I guess different clubs, different mentalities. Yeah. Leave it at that. Um, yeah, but yeah, I guess so. The Europa League. I think. I think rest. Play whoever you want against uh, Lask in the first leg. We're not. We, we decided we're not going to really preview that because it's the most pointless game in the history of football. It, it really um, is, and and no disrespect. I, I'm pretty confident we don't have any LASK supporters uh, that listen to the podcast. But but yeah, it is an extremely pointless game. Um, five. Yeah, I mean, we just meant in the in the context of coronavirus and stuff as well. Sending Lask out to Germany just really seems completely unnecessary. It, yeah, um, I can understand would. if they were going to play at Old Trafford, they get their day at Old Trafford. But just to go play at some random stadium in Germany doesn't really make much sense to me. Yeah, I'm not, I fully expect a second slash third team to be involved in yeah. that game. I mean, you'd hope players like Bruno, Maguire, Rashford, etc. They they should not be starting that game. Um, and I guess they could be on the bench just in case we're three 0 down at half time or something. <laughs> yeah, and even potentially, I don't know. It could be a chance to see um, if if Ollie's determined that you know maybe Greenwood gets some minutes in the striker position just to see what he can do. Yeah, gives him a chance. Yeah, I mean he's not he's not started he's played a lot of games but he's not started as many as the others so yeah give him a go you'd expect Agallo to play that kind of that kind of stuff um, but yeah I, I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't expect too much out of that game but then yeah for the rest of it you just treat it like I guess it depends who we play um, we we I don't a... know much about Istanbul Basakşehir but apparently they won the Turkish league so yeah. they must be they must be reasonable. Yeah, they're the, the um, Turkish League champions and um, a couple of names in their squad, actually. A few ex-Premier League. they got, um, I think, Demba Bar yeah, from Gael Clichy. Yeah. Um, I think there's one other that I'm missing out. But yeah, they've got a few old Premier League boys in their team. And and they're, t- and they're league champions of, of in their domestic league. So, yeah, you so know, they, must be, they must be a reasonable, reasonably good team. Yeah, exactly. They must have something in them if, they, if they're beating the likes of like Galatasaray and Fenerbahce to the title. Um, and then there's the obviously infamous uh, possibility slash inevitability that we'll play Wolves in the semi-finals. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean... I think we can enjoy it a bit more because we've got the Champions League qualification secured. It would have been a nervy tournament if we still had to had to fight for it. But obviously, a trophy's a trophy, so we want to go out and win it. Exactly, trophy's um, a trophy, and also that um, bump up in the seeding um, would probably yeah. benefit us. If if I, if, if I didn't make that up, I might have made that up. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so if if that's a real thing, then that's worth playing for. Yeah, exactly um, that. And then also another thing to mention, um, this qualification for the Champions League, uh, it all of a sudden boosts our attractiveness for potential transfers, uh, i.e. Sancho. It looks like the uh, the uh, green light is going ahead. Well, it looks like the momentum is picking up on Sancho. Um, it, it, as of recording on the on the day that we're recording this podcast, it's currently main um, headline news on Sky Sports, potentially a slow news day. But anyway, uh, main news on the Sky Sports platform that, um, that the Sancho deal is, is, is picking up. Uh, it looks like we're the only team that have any serious interest in him, potentially because of his high price. Um, it looks like there's kind of a, a battle going on between what price we settle on and the personal terms aren't an issue because Sancho is very keen to to make the move over to us. Um, so very promising. Uh, it does look incredibly likely that we will we will be signing him. Yeah, I think, to be honest, for me, I always take these things with a pinch of salt after um, how things have gone in recent years. Um 
I think we I think it does seem likely that we'll sign him, but I also think it could be likely that he ends up signing a new contract at Dortmund, just because just because that's the way some of these things have gone in the past. Yeah, no, um, I wouldn't blame you. There's been quite a few instances. I think Ramos, Fabregas, uh, a yeah. couple of players kind of just used this for for bops in contracts. Um, but I don't know. It, it does seem like he's got a genuine intent on on returning to to England. I've I've seen some quotes that he's homesick. Uh, which is understandable, right? He's a young, he's a young, young guy. Uh, probably does want to be back uh, closer to home, and um, and also he's he's previously been in Manchester, obviously with City. Um, so so he's he's probably got um, some kind of fondness of the area. So it's, so it's incredibly interesting. And then on on the topic of uh, transfers as well, probably worth a mention because he probably won't be mentioned again. Um, Sanchez off to Inter looks very likely. Inter keen to sign him to get his signature, which is a good news for yeah, us, right? I just I just well, I just I just got a horrible feeling that's going to fall apart because of the wage. Yeah, they'll see. Look, the wages he's he's earning an incredible amount f- from United, um, yeah. but. Hopefully it doesn't fall apart because I don't want a situation where he's just sitting on the bench, potentially training with the reserves, collecting well, a nice salary. Yeah, I mean, uh, maybe he's he's been a bit he's been a bit better since um <laughs> since the reta- since he's returned for Inter. So I don't know, maybe he could be a depth option for us. I don't know. Yeah, but again, I think... it's, it's it's the same thing with Lingard. Do you want to be paying a depth option for that that much money? Yeah, exactly. Um, that I think he's scored... and of course you've got to question his attitude as well because obviously it seems like he fell out with Greenwood. Yeah, I and think that's one of the reasons why. I think um, I think he scored a three in eight, and I don't know if that's eight in the return from football or just eight appearances because I know he was injured for a hell of a long he's time. In the re- since, since the return, and he's got six assists as well. Yeah, so um, kind of decent statistics, but again, you know, I but, I wouldn't. You know, take the question, yeah, and the pace of Serie A is a bit slower than than the Premier League, um, so it's not surprising really that he um, is more suited maybe to that. To that, um, to that league, um, but yeah, I mean, I still kind of wanted to work out for him at United. I do have a shirt with Sanchez and seven on the back, <laughs> and he did have the greatest ever <laughs> reveal of a signing. Yeah, and the yeah, I enjoyed the piano, um, but you know, he scored at the Emirates in a win, so I'm going to put it down as a success regardless. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he he can leave with my blessing, but I'd also I'd like I wouldn't mind it if it worked out for him at United. Yeah, if if there was some kind of uh, monumentous turnaround, that that would be terrific. Um, but again, who knows? Yeah, um, so we've pretty much covered everything we wanted to. Um, uh, we are going to take a break next week because we don't think there's going to be... Unless we lose 6-0 to Lask, you probably won't hear from us until the quarterfinals. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, unless something drastic... Or maybe if, if, uh, I don't know, if we sign Sancho before that, we can have a Sancho... Sancho welcome, special. Welcome Sancho pod. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but until then, um, I think yeah, we're both happy with how the season's turned out. Um, still things to things things to work on for next season. Um, but yeah, positive signs. Yeah. And so, I guess we'll see you guys soon. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>